And we're back, and you are listening to Villaincast, BJJ Antiheroes, with myself, Chris the Villain Pains, and Naki El Jefe Arshed, and welcome to Reap the Week. But first, a quick thank you to our members at In Theory BJJ Concept Driven Jiu Jitsu for fight commentary, technique and concept videos, private coaching, monthly webinars, and QA sessions. Please visit www.patreon.com slash in theory bjj oh that took three temps now <laughs> so i asked are you all right today chris everything okay i don't think so like <laughs> that that took more effort than it should considering mm-hmm. it's written right in front of me how can i fuck it up twice happens sometimes <sighs> man maybe it's man, the uni taken out of you yeah exactly <laughs> Um, that's actually that'd be interesting actually we've not even talked about that that's something we've been doing in the background I so, want you to mention that because obviously I posted a little bit about it yesterday and everybody's asking me what are you guys doing what are you guys doing so I can just direct them to the podcast and that way you might get more viewers <laughs> that's a very good point so yes. for the past year we've been working with uh, a university um, they're developing uh, technology for domestic violence, non non fatal domestic violence incidents, uh, and they're developing technology for fiber transfer, um, and they can check you know what fibers have been transferred between sets of clothing. But they needed people capable of violence, <laughs> controlled violence, very realistic violence that is we they they could we could replicate repeatedly. Um, Repeatedly replicate. That's the same thing, <laughs> um, dude. I'm not on it. Uh, but anyway, so we've been going in. I've been repeating uh, non-fatal strangulations um, in high-vis clothing. It was your first first uh, go around, wasn't it? Um, yeah. This this week, uh, yeah. and it's it's a lot of the same stuff. It's uh, you know, it's it's data collection right now to see uh, how the technology does, but. Man, it's uh, it's been interesting being involved in this little. I won't say science study, experiment. But, science experiment. Eh, I'd say yeah, maybe experiment, but also the fact that they're well, they're, they're making technology and they needed, yeah. um, guinea pigs to test <laughs> it on. Uh, skilled and guinea pigs. Those, exactly, we're skilled <laughs> guinea pigs. Uh, so yeah, it's been, we're working with the university. Um, and yeah, hopefully that. I think the the uh, it's been funded by various big governmental departments so it's, mm. it's, i'm kind of glad that we're we're involved in this to be fair um yeah. we're quite honored uh but other than that that's, that was interesting we've now got the in theory bjj shirts uh the first batch is here ready to go out and also new colors <laughs> i can't even see it look we did it we actually made something um <laughs> so much content's going on that as well it's really it's really uh growing plus the youtube channel's getting all the classes and it's work right now busy 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 i know man Uh, but uh as always we have a full bag today (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) sounded wrong but yeah dude put put the put the feelers out say anyone interested in uh in 
asking us some questions. A lot of people asked, wanted to ask us some questions. Um, it's crazy, really. I wonder how many people send us the questions and then we, we answer them in the podcast and no one actually listens. <laughs> they don't actually <laughs> listen to the answer. <laughs> they just go, yeah, I'll ask him this. I don't care what he says. I'm not going to even listen to it. <laughs> Maybe we should just do clips um, sure. so they can find those little bits. Yeah. Um, okay, first question. Um, I think we went to this not long ago, but it'd be interesting going back into it maybe. Um, a deeper dive into cradles, their usage, um, why would you use them? When would you use them? Do you use them? What are your thoughts on cradles? So, uh, I love cradles, as you know. Uh, use them a lot nowadays because they are good at stopping people moving. Uh, obviously, in previous years, we used to use them, but we didn't really know how to apply them and why to apply them. We we just looked at them as the, looked at them as uh, moves that you can give uh, or transfer a lot of pain with. Uh, but now, with the understanding we have of stopping people getting up, and I'm getting them a lot from turtle when people are trying to get up, um, and I really like them to put them back down on their hips and a uh, regular part of my game at the moment to be honest with you just because none of these fuckers just they just keep trying to get up man and I just got to keep slapping the head down and cradling them in turtle and uh, that's literally where, at the moment where I'm getting them from can't get them side control or anything but turtle's the one where I'm getting them from that's interesting because I actually get most of mine from side control mm. um, I think we're, although we both I get a lot from turtle as well but I I think the the general gist of why we're using them again goes into this whole posture debate is if you put a kink in someone's spine, they can't generate power and tying someone's head to mm-hmm. their legs um, definitely puts a kink in their spine. And if you're on top and you're, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, you're not going to submit someone from there and you can make the argument it's stalling, but at the same time you are absolutely cooking that individual because they are, it's like driving with the handbrake half on. Like they, any power they generate doesn't really um, transfer into anything useful, and it yeah. just burns them out. And you, you're crushing up the diaphragm, and and you, you can know, control where they go of... and really put a lot of pressure on them. Even when they're trying to escape, you can be like, "All right, you're getting out," but you're not going to get out without a bit more pain. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you really, it really stresses them out to the point where I, I may even use cradles where I don't even close up my grip, I just bend them up enough yeah. that it creates the same, I use the friction of the ground. Um, same thing, like it's, it's understanding the the why and not the what. I yeah. want to kink up your spine. And however I do that, I don't care. Uh, there'll be you know various instances where I might go through half of someone's guard, sit on their legs with like a uh, knee cut, then attach their other leg to their head. And you see it's like a half cradle slash... Yeah. Nasty. Split them in half. Nasty. Yeah, just, yeah. I did that today. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd say it's they're legit, and I'd say their reason is uh, you want you want to limit their ability to generate power for a period of time, uh, and it fucking works. You can. Yeah, it's very useful in jujitsu context. It's not like it's you know. I'd say you could definitely bring them back in a way that they're there because you want to completely smash up someone's ability to generate power and anything meaningful and cook them at the same time. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. 
Uh, next question. We're going to run through these. There's like 11 questions. Good Lord. Um, welcome to a long episode of VillainCast. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideas for freeing the bottom leg when getting up. Oh, when getting up, well. So a bit of context first. The bottom leg, uh, you can't really get upright if you don't have a bottom leg. Yeah. You, you can still get up if you have a top leg. They may push you over with it. You ain't getting up without a bottom leg. Uh, there's videos on the YouTube and on In Theory about bottom leg. Uh, so definitely check those out if you're curious as to what that means. Um, but yes, ideas for freeing the bottom leg should you need to get up. So you need to keep that frame because that will obviously keep the distance. Um, you've got to do a lot of combos, man. A lot of one-twos, switching the hips. Because <clears throat> obviously as a lot of, we've got better over time of controlling the bottom person and you naturally have to now you can't just get out if they've got your bottom both your legs you ain't getting out it's really hard and then you've got to play this whole getting up and playing guard game uh, you know where you're trying to force up onto your legs a little bit and then maybe try and get sweeps to get their weight off and then you can maybe shrimp out or they'll or you can counter wrestle um but i wouldn't think so much of when you're trying to get your bottom, bottom leg out i wouldn't try I wouldn't try and like think about it as trying to free your bottom leg. I would think more about it as to get them moving because generally when somebody's controlling your bottom leg, they are on top of you and they're holding you down or they are, as I say, they're settled. So you need to unsettle them. So you need to get them moving so there's some weight comes off so you can start then freeing your bottom leg, whichever hip, hip, hip it may be. You can start one hip, but the way they're probably controlling them, again, using weaves and stuff, you probably have to then end up getting up on the other hip. Um, but I think one of the main things is also when you're trying to get up is really keeping your hips away from them, you know, not just keeping good posture and building your base up rather than just trying to get up with bent back. Um, but it's all about hip move, hip space. And I think creating that one-two movement, making them move, getting them moving so you can get their weight off you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you kind of hit it really well there in the saying that, it's one thing I think it's it's really worth pointing out is that controlling the hips is fucking critical yeah. um, all the time. If you lose someone's hips, they have a better shot to, to get out because that's their engine. They, they generate power through their legs and hips. Um, even the most basic jujitsu, as soon as you get past someone's legs for a guard pass, you need to be on their hips. Um, I think we talked about this in one of the most recent videos is that it definitely was an in theory. We recorded that one saying that shrimping is is relative to how much you need to move your leg to put someone back south of your kneecap again. So how much you need to shrimp your ass out is dependent on how close you are to your hip that you need to then get them back south of your knee. Uh, and so if someone follows your hip and is attached to your hip, shrimping's worthless. Um, and so... As soon as you pass someone's guard, as long as you stay attached to the hip and there's no gap in the hip ever, shrimping kind of dies. And also, like you said there, like if you can keep your weight on someone's hip, um, you'll feel it. Like Just do a drill of, okay, I'm going to keep attached to your hip. And I just want you to move around. And you feel it's like moving through sludge. And then do it again with just like release the hip all of a sudden. It's like, again, like, you know, suddenly you have all that, en- that energy back and you just you can do whatever the hell you want. And I'd say that's one of the things about the bottom leg is that, or just controlling jujitsu is that you really respect the bottom leg and the hips when you have to deal with people who stand up. 
And most people, because they expect the other person just to drop to the floor and not bother getting up, they don't control the hips on the way down or at all. Um, and so if the hips aren't being controlled, if your hips aren't being controlled, if you're fighting people who aren't used to that, just get up. Just free, your bottom leg is mostly free. And then the more you deal with um, people who are good at controlling the hips and keeping the hips, other problem is if they want to move north, they probably have to let go of the hips at some point. Get up then. Uh, and then we can get that whole conversation of because you have to always go through turtle. Um, same with like, I hate the idea of using Kindle Guard now. I've kind of regretted it a little bit. Is that I hate the idea of it being a guard because people spend longer there than they should. Same with yes. turtle. Don't spend any time there. You have to move through these positions. Don't chill there. Yeah. Um, because then you allow the other person who's on top to establish a base yeah. to operate from, and then life gets hard. Yeah. Um, like acting like the floor is lava and just getting up as fast as humanly possible is the best way of freeing a bottom leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, especially against most jujitsu people. If you're against a wrestler, then you're going to, you know, welcome to an elite level grappler. Yeah. But most jujitsu people aren't used to holding down people. So. You wouldn't even, it's not, it's a non issue. Um, other than that, if you threaten their neck, threaten them, sweep, sub, or stand. If you cannot stand, sweep or sub, because if you sweep or sub, you pr- probably stand afterwards. Once you threaten them with an unbalance or a threat to their f- neck or legs or arms, people will think otherwise. You have to combo yep. these things. Um, and that actually goes into another question. I'm actually, um, mix this one up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Two and one. What are the differences between passing people who want to stand compared to passing people who want to stay on the ground oh. and just play guard? Well, but people who don't want to get up, I can take my time. I can put pressure on. But people who want to get up, it's like keeping them down. Again, I keep using this guy as an example if you're even watching the podcast. Andy, it's like. I want to pass you, but then I've got to hit you, and I don't want to hit you at the moment. And you're just not stopping getting up, and I've got to control that bottom leg. And you know, you, it turns into a fight. Whereas someone who doesn't want to get up and they're just playing guard, um, I could take my time. I could go in and out to the sides. I can engage. I'm not. I can kind of dictate what I what I want to play. Whereas if somebody's trying to get up, I can't dictate that at the time until I can keep them down. Yeah, I think actually it's the it's the the the, the part the 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 when people, I deal with anyone who is trying to get up, I feel more under threat that I have to do something to hold them down. Yeah, if I'm against someone who just wants to play guard, I don't really care. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah. It's, I don't think it's care. I think it's it's more like that. The, the threat is different. You can go into the threat or. You're making the bottom person work to get close to you and attach. Whereas if they're trying to get up, like it's that distant creation. And at any moment, if they know how to pull you in, they can attack you as well. They can attack your legs. They can sweep you in different ways. So it's it's a bigger threat. So I think you've got to be way more aware of someone who's trying to get up and you're engaging them than someone who's just laying down and expecting you to come to them and then attach and grip onto you in certain ways. You know what I mean? I think one thing to take into consideration is so the, the laws of passing don't really change. I need to get ahead of your kneecaps by either going over them, under them, around them, or through them. 
And I need to take consideration the idea of inside or outside, as in when it comes to inside people are attacking for the legs, outside people are attacking for upper body. The difference there is that when I'm fighting people who have stand up, standing up as part of their arsenal, I have to engage. If I'm against someone who just wants to play guard, I can sit back and I don't feel as threatened. I can engage on my terms. Yes. If you if you make me and that's the thing, that's why I think if you put even if you have no intention of actually standing up, putting standing up into your game makes people have to engage with you. Like as soon as you start to come up right, they have to come forwards, at which point there are balance and that that's one thing I think we noticed when we first started using this is that we weren't able to have nuance in how we came forwards. Like it was very, very quick and sudden. And that's where a lot of the, the Kindle guard sweeps can come from is that people aren't used to dealing with people, uh, people who suddenly start to get up and you suddenly, you know, you suddenly jump forward trying to hold them down. You're wildly off balance. You have no base and you just get swept. It's only over time we've learned to have more nuance with our hold downs and, and hanging back a little bit. Um, but definitely you have to engage and hold people down if they're going to get upright. If someone just lies on the floor, I'm like, cool, well, I can take my time. And then when you take the, the idea of inside outside is that if someone's sitting with their legs together, I know you want to play leg locks. At that point, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to engage with you then. Like, I'll force you on the outside into an outside base guard, like close guard, or, or just make sure I'm on the inside track. It's going to limit your ability to play leg locks. And I can do that now because you have no, you've given me time to ponder and plan. Whilst before, it was like, well, no, you. Um, I've got to keep you down. Guess who wants to stand? Yeah. yeah, I've got to go. Fuck, I've got to engage. Um, it really ups the aggression. Passing doesn't change, but I am way like the way approach. more threatened. Yeah, yeah, way the more approach. threatened by people trying way to stand. Um, it's it's way more in, intense. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you want an idea of how to improve your guard game, don't play guard. <laughs> it makes people make more stupid mistakes. Um, I wonder something that we can't explain yet is there something you, you were, what, what do you think this is actually quite a difficult question I think is there something that you kind of go through in your head and you're like I don't understand this just yet I don't know man I mean <laughs> no I don't think there's anything, even when something new comes out, it doesn't like take me by surprise. Like, oh, this is something like I can't explain uh, just in the th- in theory of jiu-jitsu um, or grappling in general. So I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to probably watch something and be like, mm, I can't get my head around this. I'll have to think about this. What about you? Um... I I mean I don't claim to be an expert or anything, but it's just from my, the knowledge that I have. Just I am there isn't nothing that's caught me, and I've been like, uh, this is beyond me, or I can't understand what's going on here. I haven't seen that for a while since I've started understanding jujitsu, grappling a bit more. Um, I think that again, I'm not an expert at all. I'm nowhere near. <laughs> um, but I think that it's I have rudimentary knowledge, so I can maybe half understand some things but it can always get deeper yeah and like so i'd, I'd look at you know something i can't explain that all of jiu-jitsu because i'm not uh, good enough to fully understand it yet but i'm getting better and as long as i have that kind of i mean i, I felt it 
uh, hubris of, I remember announcing in a seminar, I think it was in Switzerland, like I was doing sweep theory and I said, this is the one thing I'm really sure about. Like, I feel so good about this, about sweep theory, about, you know, the, my understanding of it. Within about six months of me saying that, it had fallen apart and everything I yeah, thought I, I knew know. about sweeps had just improved. Like, it wasn't that it was wrong. It was only right for right then. And yeah. It could always get better. Um, and so I look at everything like that now. I think I can't say You've anything. You've got to have an open mind, explain. man. You've got to have an open mind because it always, it's always changing because this, the game is still isn't that fully developed. The sport is still young. I wouldn't say it's not that it's developing i'd say that because jiu-jitsu is just an expression of physics and physiology yeah i can always understand physics and physiology deeper uh and everything is an expression of that like there's nothing that defies physics or defies physiology like everything you you can see in jiu-jitsu there's a physics and physiology base to it um but that's about it like i can always get deeper on that and and that's one of the reasons why I always love teaching beginners and doing podcasts and stuff like that is, is, is trying to explain it to a deeper level. Um, so something I can't explain all of this, <laughs> but I'm trying. Um, you go, I don't I want this one for you. Um, and I think, Oh, I think we can both talk about this one. Uh, how do you run comp classes? We don't, <laughs> we, okay. All, yeah. our, all our classes are competition oriented, but they're yeah. not competition oriented. It's more, um, you should drill as you spar, as you compete. Otherwise, you're doing three different martial arts. Uh, if, you, if you're someone who thinks, okay, I'm going to do classes and I'm not allowed to do any leg locks in classes, and you do mostly close guard or, or something like that, you then go to sparring and you're like, oh, he'll hook everyone. Like, great, okay, cool. And then you go into competition and it's all wrestling. And you haven't done any wrestling because you just do close guard in class, leg locks and sparring, and now you have to stand up all the time and try and get dominant positions. You've done three different martial arts. Um, <laughs> so I think that it, the only thing that should ever change is just the intensity, is drilling class should be resistance-based investigative ideas you know regarding this sparring is then at at higher intensity that same shit and then competition is like well because that's i think one of the things that fucks up most people when they first get into competition is that you're being asked to do something that you don't do on a normal basis like you spend 99% of your time starting in guard and all of a sudden you start to told to start from standing and you're like fuck i don't do that and that automatically throws you off um and so i think that's one of the, the main things that we've kind of brought into we don't have a competition class we spay we we train as we spar as we compete there is no difference you just up the intensity which you can do anyway in sparring so it's almost like competition yep 100 percent. my class is exactly the same when i do either whether the privates or the places i gotta believe in this zombie drilling no or even the idea of sparring not being the same like yeah all all sparring should just be like you would be in competition just at a lesser intensity yeah like if you're not working for top position not you know not 
making it so hard for people to hold you down so they they have to earn their points um again i fucking love it just because i'm guilty of it as well is people who would compete mostly guard playing people who only play guard in the gym and they compete and they lose on points and then they whinge like well yeah if you if you played on your back you ain't gonna win on points you can't like so oh yeah but if i had longer uh i would have i would have won by sub you didn't uh you chose a bad game plan for this scenario like can't really help you there you chose a stupid idea you wanted to play on your back in a sport where you get points for being on top yep that's dumb (laughs) 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 um Another thing I'll say that fuck com- fuck competition classes. I, there's no point. Or you just turn up once a week and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fight today." Well, it's the same as like imagine doing a competition class, but it's still being just like a more intense version of sparring where you're still playing guard and shit. Like you can train as hard as you want, but if you're running in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you are going; it's still the wrong yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm gonna train really hard with a bad game plan. Fantastic. Have fun. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Um, going on for that competition conversation, what techniques would you ban or unban? Ooh, um, I would ban flying scissors. Unban? What is banned? Like, so, okay, well, you think. For the most part, leg locks. For most leg locks. Um, oh, yeah. I'd let blue belts leg lock. I let white belts. Kids. Um, yeah, I mean, in competition, heel looks should be allowed, like, you know. Yeah, from day one. Yeah. Like, yeah, should be. A, that's definitely that's on diff- ban. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't ban leg locks, even in the gi. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. We play the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, screw it. Uh, play leg locks in the gi. There's no reason they are banned. And any argument that they're unsafe or shit like that, everything's fucking unsafe. It's a combat yeah. sport. Um, the only difference is, is, is ignorance. If you don't understand what you're in, you're probably going to get hurt. Um, and again, more ignorance. If you don't understand how technique works, you're more likely to put on at speed and hurt someone. So we need more awareness on these things uh it is a as i said as long as something can be controlled and app- applied under control um that's all i care about like net cranks and shit like that like yeah they suck um and i i like can openers you know i've gone through enough of those but as long as stuff's controlled and you give time for someone to tap fucking fine um again you know put into consideration i mean we've had this conversation before i think this actually goes into a bit of a wider conversation overall is that if you put a submission on someone in competition they don't tap do you break it yeah because it's a fucked up thing to think it's a but the thing is the thing is 
if you're a high level or even a mid level competitor, you know the point of breaking and you know what your tolerance to point of where it's going to go. So, like naturally, we uh, the more higher level grappler you are as you're going through the ranks, you get that feeling. That feeling is you know gets more. You kind of know it. So I think if you know that it's going to go, there's no bravery to show. Just tap in it. Oh, and this I think the conversation or the the, the way I wanted this to go was. I don't necessarily have an issue breaking some things. I guess you don't break bones in jiu-jitsu. You, you, break, you destroy ligaments. And some things, you know, we both ended the agreement. If we went to this competition, um, if one of us didn't tap, it's kind of on us. As long as you give me time to tap, and you don't just slap it on and try and cripple me, you know, who's a Pal Harris style. Uh, yeah, I, I've ended into this agreement as much as you have. If you don't want to tap, then... If I get a conscience, the fight carries on, which some people are okay with that. I'm like, well, we, we had this agreement. Uh, if I didn't tap, you'd break my shit probably. Um, the difference is, is what you break. As in, if someone, if I've got someone's neck and I'm cranking it. Oh, no, that's nasty. Would I want to really fuck up their neck? No. No, that's no, a horrible no. thing. Like, but if it's their ankle. Yeah. Wrist. I, I hobble someone. Yeah. Elbow, yeah. If I break enough elbows. Yeah. But you look, man. Again, you look. Although, now I think I'm getting soft in my old age because I, I look at a lot of this now and I think I wouldn't, I don't mind hurting people, but I don't want to injure people. And that's yeah, a, but like they need to thing tap. in the gym. Um, yeah, and it's it's depending on how much damage you want to do and the neck. Yeah. Hopefully, you're not the kind of monster who'd hurt someone's neck. And if you're hurting a lot, tap. Fucking just tap. Yeah, um, yeah, as long as it's controlled. Next, not worth it. So man. The stuff I'd ban is the stuff that can't be controlled. Jumping close guard, slamming so much weight through the knees—that's some high-level dumb shit. Yeah, um, definitely ban that shit. Flying scissors again. Like if it goes wrong, you're putting all your weight through someone's knee. It's yeah. like uh, like the oblique kicks, like that John Jones does in MMA. Like it's a dick move. Like, I don't you, mind you're, them. <laughs> you're, kick, you're kicking through someone's knee. Yeah, like, but there's a defense to it, so I don't know. I think it's each their own, isn't it? You could say that a lot okay, about close guard, flying close guard. There's there's defenses, I guess, to it. But <laughs> I think it's, it's when things can't be controlled. Yeah. And it's like uh, I understand the idea of teaching, of not letting people do head outside singles. Mm. Because if someone gets a guillotine and jumps into the neck, snap say, you fucking crippled them again. Um, yeah. DDT. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's stuff that can't be controlled when it's two humans' body weights. Um, when it can be controlled, and you give people a chance to tap, I don't care. Um, I think that's a hard road to. What, I'm glad I don't have to make the rules. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get it wrong. Like, imagine, imagine choosing a rule set like that, and then all of a sudden someone gets horrendously hurt. Like, on your choice. Like, mm. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make jumping guard okay. First, you know, first competition, some fool jumps guard and snaps and does knee in half. Like, yeah. That's on you. It's normally banned, but look what you've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uncontrollable shit. Inertia. I hate inertia. That's uh, stuff that can't be controlled. Stuff that can be controlled, I'm kind of all for it. Mm. I, I can lock up. I think that's how we train the gym anyway. Like, if you get a submission, yeah, you have to hold it in place 
five, five seconds, seconds yeah. before you can finish it. Windpipe shit as well. I would like the windpipe it easily swells. Like don't like people who do Ezekiel's wrong and slam through the windpipe. I I've had enough where my throat's closed up over like a week because someone damaged my windpipe. Mm. Like do a fucking strangulation. Go for my arteries if you're going to go for it all. Don't just fucking slam my windpipe like a dick. <laughs> oh my god! I I put my head into chokes if they start doing that. I'm like I'd rather you just fucking actually do what you're supposed to. Poor technique knowledge. That's the problem. Yeah, yep, big problem. Um, dealing with standing gee stallers who just lock out their arms and I okay. have thoughts on this. Wrist lock them. <laughs> um, uh, oh, you, went, you went a very different direction than me. Yeah, you uh, add trips in, trips for standing gee stallers. you got to combo shit. you got to, again, pull the head, Go for legs, but this is probably the only time I will say you can pull guard is in gi because it's part of the sport. <laughs> As you know, in the gi, I pull guard. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, not I'm not gonna lie about it. I'm gonna agree that I do pull guard in the gi. So this, is... because I want to, I want to push the action. I cannot be bothered with you if you're just gonna stall out because it is when they lock the arms out. It's a stalling match. And it's like, oh, who's going to go for something? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull. I'm going to try a helicopter you, like you've been trying to do to me. <laughs> well, this is the interesting part of that then, because you could see similar um, thoughts. So we've heard this in the gym because we're doing that whole down block, strong postured, no-gi stance. And a lot of people are like, I can't break through it. Yeah. Like, if I've got a good stance... Yeah, I can make you desperate. If I make you desperate, you get emotional and make bad choices. Because you're like, I just want to fight, I just want to fight, I want to get in there. Cool, thanks. Like, this makes my life way easier. If I can make you lose your shit. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, okay, it's boring. You want to fight. We're here because we want to have a bit of a scrap. But if you're, I'm against someone who wants to gee stall, cool. Like, okay. Like, it's it's five minutes out of my life. I mean, my Who strategy cares? in Nogi is different, but Gi, I just play for fun. I'm not too bothered in that way. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I, 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 can, I think we're at a level where we can play for fun. Yeah. But I can see the point of, I, you know, when we have, we've done the, the down blocks posture stuff, is I can literally just wait 30 seconds. Yeah. And In fact, we had a so, role recently, didn't we, where we just stood, like, stiff-armed each other and stood for, like, three minutes. So I was like, fuck you, there's nothing happening here. And then yeah, both of us started pulling. <laughs> and that's and that's fine to to um, do that, uh, I think, to, to uh, essentially, yeah, like, frustrate the other person. If, they, if they're so desperate for a fight, <laughs> and it's a you know you can lock them out and piss them off a little bit yeah fine like if I if I can keep my posture and my cool and my composure you can't fight either yeah bit of a pointless five minutes I'm gonna go do something else now with my time it's just been it's been five minutes I've had shits that last longer like <laughs> it don't matter like, um it's five minutes out of my day and I will you know if you want to have a game we'll have a game if you want to just wait for me to lose my marbles i don't care uh i'm gonna chill here and we'll have a nice nice little look at each other um, 
But I can see that because again, you got to think that all these very, very good combat sports athletes are disciplined. They can make you lose your fucking shit. Yeah, lose your discipline. And when you lose your discipline and get emotional in that way, you make mistakes, and then they capitalize on you. Look at um, Merigali and Penny just this weekend gone. He just tortured him with hand fighting, man. Just tortured him. I was like, wow, that is the game plan there. Yeah, exactly. If you've got good fundamentals and it's hard to break through your defenses, uh, you can make someone lose their fucking mind. And then uh, it's easy. Um, it's all discipline. Um, so yeah, dealing with geese stallers, stall with them. <laughs> don't lose your cool they wait they want you to lose your cool wait for them to want to have to fight and then they fucking break everything off um oh wow okay i fucked up a little bit because I, I messed up the what's uh the list um oh oh thoughts on how to improve as a coach try things and don't be scared to fail yeah don't be scared to fail fuck up um Understand that once you get a black belt, or even any like any belt you're at, white, you know, if you're in a middle of nowhere like we were and teaching at white belt, who, as long as you uh, care about the people you're with, uh, and you know that you're always going to be able to get better, that's it. Care about you know if you if you can look at them critically and go, are things improving or are they not? And exactly. be excited for yep. improvement. Uh, if things aren't improving, go ah, this this isn't right. This isn't working. Um, yeah, it's always like assessing, be assessing curious. your own teaching. Like, don't be scared to fail, and always assess your teaching. And if this learning, always have like you know, every few weeks you can probably pick someone. Be like, okay, I'm going to watch him today, see if he's picked up or if he's done anything. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going the right way. Or if something's not working, okay, we're going to change it. And don't be scared to change it. Something's going to work yeah. eventually, ain't it? Exactly. I mean, it's the times where you know we look at people on the mats and we go, "Shit, they are way tougher than we were when we were that." Okay, we're going on a better track now. If someone is is not getting it as much, okay, cool. We need to change it up for this person and figure out how they need to learn. Like it's it's caring about the people you're with. Um, and you know, I've said it a few times on this podcast and in various other places. Is a coach is someone who get someone where they want to be when they cannot get there themselves so you're a coach you're you, you have people come to you because they want to be somewhere you find the way to get them there and that can mean getting other information creating environments and, and visits and changing up classes just get people to where they need to be we are facilitators we're facilitators yeah. we are people who care um how to improve coach just care care and be curious and assess and You'll be have, scared. Some humili- have some humility. Yeah. Train with white belts. Are things are the white belts you're with better than the white belts that were from two years ago? If the answer is yes, yeah, like cool. We're getting better at coaching then. Uh if they're not, if they're sucking a little bit and you're not liking it, like, oh, okay, well maybe we need to change this up. Like right now we've got some horrendous powerful white belts. I'm like a map I, I look at them and think I wouldn't have been comfortable at purple or brown belt fighting these people. They would have wrecked me. And they're white belt. I'm like It's a good batch. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um Going on from that, this is a funny question. 
when brand new white belts say you can go as hard as you want, what do they expect to happen? Yeah, no, you can't be cruel. Um, I just play with them a bit and just tell them at the end that that wasn't even 5%. So that'll probably make them feel like, yeah, he was playing. <laughs> uh, I like the idea that Oh, sorry. Whatever level. I only smash the white belts who really come at you. You know what I mean? Like, it, I match their pace. You have to match their pace. And then when their cardio is done within like 30 seconds, and then you smile at them. And then you're like, oh, now we're going to play. I was looking at if you want to go six, I'll go seven. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go like, if you want to go six, I'm going to go 50. Like, I'm going to go one up from you and I'm going to keep that pace there. If you want to up yeah. it and you want to go seven, yeah. I'll go eight um, and I'll keep you there. And I won't submit you either. I'll play the game. I'm going yeah. to play this. I'll play this game out for the next eight minutes. Let's see how we feel. Um, you take your soul and then give it back to you. <laughs> yeah, crumple it up. Crumple it up and like wipe shit all over it and then give it back all messed up. And then we're going to um, become friends. And yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't turn it on and yeah you call them on it's one, cruel, but I would I'd keep them going until I don't I I'd keep the pace one above where they're at. If they want to up it, cool. If they want to lower it, cool. But yeah. I'll keep just above them. Um, and I won't even like I think but this is okay. When we talk about dick moves, I think this is kind of ranks in the ultimate dick move kind of area. I won't submit them at all. I won't you, even really. I won't even torture them with pain. Yeah, I'll just keep them. Cage them. Cage them. I'll keep them active. Yeah, I, I'm going to keep you moving. I'm. I'm. This is going to be a rumba. You're going to. You're going to drown, baby. You're going to drown. Yeah, I'm going to make you. Probably I'm the throw shark. Up. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain. <laughs> I'll let you try and take me down. I'll keep getting up repeatedly. Um, because that's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Uh, I'll do shit like that. Just like I'm not even going to submit you because a submission is a little full stop on this paragraph. It gives you a moment to breathe and reset. Yeah, we're doing that. We 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 go in. <laughs> um, last question. Oh, bro, we flume. Dude, dude, we have been going for forty minutes. Yeah, but I, in my head, I thought we'd take us about like an hour, hour and a half. Man, we're good at this. We're good at this now. We're pros. Pro <laughs> podcasters. Uh, what do you think the requirements are? Requirements of a black belt. Oh, right I'm, now, yeah. Like we even downgraded ourselves. Really, really, are we? We're just black belt on paper at the moment. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, well, the, we I can't even a... figure out a criteria for blue belt for us at the moment, can we? No. We've we've had this discussion like... where we're like. How are we going to promote these guys? So I think the best thing is just let them compete for a bit and see how they do in competition. That's the problem is that, you know, okay, competition, I guess, is a great yardstick for it. But my thoughts on the standard now, I am a mediocre purple belt at best. Yeah, I agree with you. Same. It's... And I am. I'm a mediocre purple belt. No. Uh, yeah, Chris, you are. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's purple belt, man. Like, purple. It's, it's Yeah. I hate to admit it, but that's the fact at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, like. But I'd I would say when as... I go out, when I'm in other gyms, it's 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 like I get worried, man. I think how is it so hard in our place? Why? Yeah, I think again. I think the the 
crux of it was um, dealing with people who get up. I am yeah. a black belt and holding people down who can't stand up. That's not. A... And then as soon as I come across someone who just wants to get up, I'm like, fuck, I know fuck all. I, I don't know how to hold people down. Um, I'm a, I'm a someone who's very rudimentary of holding people down who has some submissions. I'm a purple belt. Um, so requirements of a black belt, I barely know the requirements of what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I could I could have given one anyway. I've only been a black belt for a year. Not even a year yet. I think I'm five years in March. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, that went fast. Isn't it? I think fucking hell. Dude, half a decade at black belt already. Um, I've already had it longer than any other belt. Yeah. That's wild. No wonder it looks old and tired. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... I don't know. No. I, really, I, we can't, I don't think now. we can answer that question, really. No, I I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, it's a tough one. We'll see I th- when I one of them gets to th- part four. I think the standards have been reset a little bit, and it's made it all really hard. Um, on that dire bum note... <laughs> uh, yeah, because I well, the follow-up question is, you know, what was the criteria of me getting mine from pre? I don't know now. Um, my whole brain's been fried on this whole process. Uh, I can maybe give out some belts to purple belt. Uh, I think that's about it now. My I do not understand what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, don't. <laughs> it's it's a hard conversation right now. It is. It is right um, now. It is because obviously we haven't at the gym. We don't. There's nobody who we think is. If we think we're mediocre people, belts, like who else is there in the gym that we could say would be, you know, even close to us at the moment? You know what I mean? So it's we can't give that criteria yet. I would have demoted a lot of people. <laughs> Just uh, just let's put your put your belt in a box for a little bit and just go back yeah. one or two for us. Do you think that'd be confusing if we suddenly start wearing the purple belt to the gym? Yeah, big tie. Yeah, I know. I think it's confusing as well. That's why I haven't done it yet because I like my black. I like my black belt, <laughs> but I don't think I deserve it. Um, we'll make we'll make up yeah. for it. Just keep. I'll, I'll, we'll keep them in the box. We'll take them out in about two years. Yeah, yeah. On that note, sir. That dire, upsetting note. Um, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Bit of a damp squib on the end of that one. Of <laughs> what are the criteria for being a black belt? Fucked if I know. I ain't gonna. Like, the last one I gave out was to Naki and the Bass. And I don't even know the fuck what I'm supposed to do with them. Like, <laughs> Abbas would agree. Oh. Abbas himself, he has agreed already. He's like, fucking hell, this black belt makes me questions after question sometimes in this place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that as well. I feel that. Uh, yeah, on that note, this has been a insightful, insightful, insightful uh, episode of Villain Cast Reap the Week with Chris the Villain Pains and Naki El Hefi Arshed. Um, Join us next week. No, I'm not here next week. Week off. 
I'm in Europe. Um, I'll see if I can set up uh, a little stream and we can maybe do on the fly, on the road, villain cast. If you think good enough, episode. why not? There's already an episode lined up. Yeah. An interesting episode. But if not, we have this as well. No but problem. Other than that, uh, I'll see you when I get back. No problem. Sir. See you in a bizzle. To everyone else, this has been Reap the Week. Goodbye. Ha <laughs> <laughs>